Hey Benny, this is Rina Deepthi Anabil, aka Mummy Imperfect, and you're listening to the Sisterhood of Mummy Imperfect, the podcast where you get your weekly dose of girl chat, the place where we tell it like it is, and where I speak to fierce and fabulous females who are changing the world one bit at a time. So today we're going to smash some stereotypes, in particular stereotypes surrounding women and cars. Women are worse drivers than men. Women can't talk about cars. Women can't change a tire. Well, actually, okay, I can't change a tire, I admit, but I aim to change that today after talking to my guest. Randeep Rihal is a founder and CEO of The Pink Garage. She's been working in the motor trade for over 20 years and she creates and hosts events designed to encourage women into the trade and promote car safety. Welcome to the Sisterhood of Mommy and Perfect, Randeep. Thank you, Rina, for having me on today. Well, it's lovely to have you. And like I said, I'm wearing pink, uh, pink top, pink lipstick in honour of the Pink Garage Company. Pink is my favourite colour, by the way. So it's all good. <laughs> so, so listen, do you think there's any truth to those stereotypes about women in cars? Um, there isn't. I don't believe there is. Again, I'm, I'm a big believer is what you choose to believe. But uh, deep, condi- uh, deep-rooted conditioning to those stereotypes and I think because it's um once upon a time it was men that used to do everything and men that are seen as strong it's automatically puts women in a um not vulnerable but a a weaker position if you know what I mean so like once upon a time when women never used to drive men used to drive it was just the first it's just the way it was done Um, so Women were once upon a time dependent on men, um, going back generations. Um, that social conditioning has just stayed um, the throughout. And, you know, we see women breaking that um, in many ways. I mean, for example, Queen trained Titanic in the war. So it the, wasn't uh, like... Sorry, I just lost you there. What did you say? The Queen is a, was a trained mechanic so, in the war? In the in the war, yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. That that's something. Obviously, I would know that. Uh, but uh, they and this goes to show, even it was unheard of at the time, um, but it was something that was still possible. But it all depends depends on the support um, you have. So, what about you? Where? How did you get into this line of work? Through my dad. So it's a family business um, that uh, we've had now for nearly 45 years. And um, we, I went into the business from a very young age, but it was only really just to help out. Um, a typical, we've got family business, yep. you're the eldest, you've got to show support and responsibility. Add, you know, big girl, as they, you know, encourage you to do. Um, and, um, and so, yeah, it just became another life for me so I was used to being in that environment um I was very proud that you know my dad had this business and we fixed cars um and that's where it was at the time and I I've always been very creative I studied business in German so I always used my dad's business as a kid and oh yeah well you know we can change the branding we can do this and I didn't you know as I um grew up I didn't want our garage to be recognised as a backstreet garage. I wanted it to be seen to have a brand, to have mm-hmm. um, a, 
um, certain type of um, to have a good reputation. I didn't know how I was going to achieve that because I had no understanding of business at all. Yeah. But um, from just helping out and just being proud of making it better. Um, and then I realized that there was a, a, a massive gap between customer and mechanic, especially in our business anyway. Yeah, so that's that's how I really got involved in it. And then when I realized that I need to know more to build relationships with better relationships with clients, um, it just got me so intrigued with how cars worked. Mm -hmm. um, I loved finding out and learning about them. Um, and my dad's always supported me. So I've stayed in it. So I, I do have other close friends as well whose dad owned garages, but they were always like, I think they helped out, but it was like old oh, bookkeeping and in the office and that yeah. kind of thing. Did, did you do that first? Or were you like, no, you know what? I want to be under the cars. I want to be doing things like that. Yeah, that's not my forte. Anyone who knows me knows that I, um, doing admin and bookkeeping, it's, it's not Randy. I'm a people person. So I really enjoyed talking to customers. Um, and it was talking to customers and understanding, okay, how am I going to explain to this customer about this problem? How am I going to um, have this conversation with them? And so it, it encouraged me to let me go under the bonnet and see what's going on I want to see how this works um, because it was one reason was because I wanted to make my dad proud that oh, she can handle it you know um, and secondly it was that I didn't want to be snubbed off for she doesn't know what she's talking about she's just a girl yeah um, because um, I I didn't take it personally when people used to say I want to talk to mechanics but the reason why I did that was because um, the downtime the mechanics would have talking to customers. So from a business sense, it was like, no, it doesn't make um, uh, it's not viable financially for my mechanic to be talking to customers for half an hour, 40 minutes when they could be doing somebody else's car. This is why I'm going to be here. Um, and over the years, I just developed so much confidence um, because every car, even till this day, if they come back to me and say, this car needs this, I'll ask why, you know, what caused that? So, um, and then I'll do my own research. I'll have a look at the car. So it just, it's just a natural passion uh, for, for it. But I think it comes from the fact that it's in my DNA <laughs> because my dad's one. Um, and he's, he's, he's very open-minded. He's not like, um I shouldn't say it like that but you know in comparison um to what generally a um of that generation kind of, of that generation mm, yeah um he he's very cool and he doesn't have a problem with it and he's really proud of it and um he has nothing to do with front of house he just lets me deal with it yeah. and and I've learned to do I've developed so so many skills how to deal with confrontation how to deal with problems, how to help customers problem solve their cars. So because I've learned so much, you know, if you'd come to me and said, Randy, I've got this problem, what do you think it is? All right, I don't know every nut and bolt, but I can give you an idea of what it is to put your mind at ease that the car is still safe or it's not safe. Um, and I think that's what people want, that they want that reassurance that if they're coming to a garage, they want that reassurance that the car is going to be okay. Yeah. And they're spoken to respectfully. 
Mm. Uh, but yeah, um, I'm here. I, I'm I'm doing what I'm doing today because of my dad, and I recognised, um, uh, and it was put to my attention that I think you're the only Asian woman that does what you do, because like you just said, like you've got friends whose dads have or brothers might have garages, and they don't let them do front of house. Mm. So it has a lot to do with um, the conditioning of people around you and how, how much they're prepared to um, support you. Yeah, because, you know, I, I mean, I'm guessing nobody said things to you like, oh, you know, girls don't do that. Or, or was it just, you know what, you go for it, do what you want. Yeah, well, it was actually. I mean, my dad had no issue, um, but my mum was just like, I remember when I got when I was getting married she used to say to me because I just lived in the garage you know and it wasn't like oh you know have you not got a life but it was it was our hobby you know we love cars both me and my dad um and so if somebody's car didn't get finished we'd stay till late to get to the bottom of it finish things off um because we wanted to deliver a good service you know family business and anyone anyone do that and my mum would say to me you have to finish at half past five and it was like really why can't they why they know I've got a business why should I have to change you know she goes like you know and um and it would kind of it did kind of make me feel that's not fair this is my work though I'm working yeah and interestingly like you know people don't actually take it seriously when you work in a family business they just think you're having a jolly yeah um and um and they don't actually see it as a profession so i remember my ex-husband saying to um me that when people ask my parents what does your daughter-in-law do or what do your children do and she's like well you know my son works in the nice corporate blue chip company oh but and then when it comes to asking about you they say Oh, she she works for her dad. That's it. Um, <laughs> it's, so, it's so bad, isn't it? It's yeah. Vague. Oh, she she doesn't. Yeah, works for her dad. She works for her dad. So it doesn't make does it? It means that you don't. It shows that you don't actually have a profession. Um, you're not making serious money. You're just flaky because you're working with your dad. It's easy working with your dad. You're in your comfort zone working with your dad. Um, you're not growing working with your dad um, and you're working around men you know so she's a receptionist at a dad's garage that's how it was put Um, and I actually at the time didn't think of it as anything it's sort of like okay that's interesting but I didn't actually action it or challenge it Um, but it stayed with me and I thought you have no idea what it is actually like working in the garage it doesn't matter how long I've been in the trade how long um, I've um, spent time there, um, I still, till this day, come across situations, I wouldn't say not life-threatening situations, but where I have to take responsibility and take control. Um, and I suppose the skill set that I had at the time and, and have developed isn't something that you would learn in the corporate world. You know, So we were two very different people. Um, and... Um, well, yeah, that's why he's my ex. <laughs> um, but yeah, I did get that. I did get that girls don't. And even after I, I separated, 
it was like, when's she going to sort her life out? When is she going to get a proper job and do something professional? Um, and, um, and I was like, well, this is professional. You know, I'm going out there, I'm building relationships with businesses to build my credibility, to grow the business. I'm, um, I'm thinking of what else I can do to add more value to my clients, you know, yeah. more service. So I, I also feel like when it's your dad's business, when it's your family business, you're more in you're more in there you're more dedicated you know how people say things like oh why are you working mm. so late did I pay that business I got it's like actually it is you know it is my dad's yeah. business so this is real and we are the ones that are gonna have to actually uh put the effort in and put the work in right I've- yeah and I think there was also I mean I don't have any brothers um I'm the eldest of four sisters um and so my parents really as much as they wanted me to um and, you know, it wouldn't stop me from having a relationship with anybody else. But um, because I've always been um, the big brother mm-hmm. for my sisters um, and then a pillar for my dad. I mean, he's never said um, that I've always wanted a son or anything like that. He's never been that way. Um, but he's um, he's always been grateful for what he's been given. Um, but he's always uh, I became a, a pillar to him. And it was trust. Yeah. That my daughter's there, she knows what she's doing. Um, and also for me, it was like, no, I want to um, you know, be here, not just because of my dad. It feeds my family, it feeds my sisters, it feeds the people that are working in my business. I'm actually, and I didn't think of it at the time, but now thinking back of who I am today, subconsciously, I was trying to break that no. I, you talk to me, this is our business and sort of trying to make that stand that you're not going to go past me. I'm going to do what it takes to learn what I need to learn to speak to you. So it was standing my ground um, and making a point, but also making sure that, you know, everybody's happy along the way. Mm. Um, but yeah, no, it's, um, it, but yeah, more than anything, why, sh- why shouldn't I work hard? For my dad or with my dad well exactly and also it's a yeah. uh, like I've done I've worked with my dad a lot on different projects and stuff and it is a thing that binds you together as well it's quite nice like yeah. to have that shared thing so it's and and you know I always think like I I'm so lucky to have a dad that I can share these interests with and, and you yourself it's a it's a really nice relationship it sounds like a really nice relationship um so what what do you kind of um promote in the pink garage with your events and things like that that you do for women like what are you what are you trying to do and with with those things well I set up pink garage um because um as an initiative to encourage women to understand their cars better um and um so I didn't specifically carry out any events at the time but it was just more of trying to create awareness of it but the family business always took priority and it, it still is but now I've um, got a team to support me has enabled me to do something more about it. Um, but I've I set up car, car first aid um, as a way to get women to come in, um, get to know their cars better, understand where things are, why you should do certain checks, uh, what impact will it have on them financially, on their life, um, and. And, and and also their experience in in um, owning a car. Mm. 
So what what does that involve, car first aid? Because my dad taught me how to check oil and water and tyre pressure. And I'm very grateful for that because a lot of people didn't even get taught that. Is that part of it? That's part of it. So some people don't know how to open their bonnet. They don't some. And the frightening thing is, is sometimes, um, and it it might sound patronising, but I experience it. Some people don't know what a bonnet is. Some people don't know. They don't know the terminology, you know. So this is it. You go to a garage and you don't know anything that you're pointing to. You're already putting yourself in a vulnerable place. Um, And not to say that every garage is out there to take advantage of what you don't know, but you should know, you know, you should know. You you know the parts of your body. So when you go to a doctor, you're going to say my cheek hurts or my nose hurts or whatever it is that's, you know, that you have in mind to discuss with them. So why should it not be the same for the car, a car that you, uh, you know, something that takes you to A and B, allows you to, get on with your life and you use it every day you use know it every most day. people use so it every day you should give it the same attention and focus as you do to yourself um but yeah so it covers um how to open a bonnet what levels to check why to check them what happens what are you checking why are you checking them what does it mean um you know maintaining your wipers um doing pre-MOT checks understanding why you need a service what's checked on a service what's part of a service what isn't part of a service what's what are recommendations how to check your tires understanding the wear of your tires how to take a wheel off if you need to if you've got a puncher how do you overcome that so it's quite intense so you know it's not um you know, it's information that I know firsthand. So I can, you know, on a one-to-one, I can talk about it in like 10, 15 minutes. But for anybody that doesn't know, it's a whole new language. Um, but, you know, you have fun learning because you've got other women around there and you actually get to experience taking your wheel off. You know, I'm I not just this. showing you. By the way, you need X, Y, and Z in your car. I should do a demonstration and that's it. It's not about doing a demonstration. It's about you experiencing what you have to use physically in your body um, to take off a wheel, open a bonnet and, and, you know, things like that to make you feel confident with your car. So at least when you go to a garage, you know what you're talking about on a, on a, on a, for, at the minimum level. This is so important. Like, I think it's amazing that you're doing this because it, it actually makes you feel a bit empowered knowing this kind of thing. And especially when people don't, they don't um, expect you to know it, you know. So I do feel that it makes you feel empowered. I think it's really good. I need it myself. Like, I there's certain things I know because my dad was taught. And also, I, I did actually work in the car industry for a year. This is like a little known fact about me, but it wasn't like, okay. what you do. It was, um, I actually worked for... Um, for Skoda the brand Skoda and I did like finance and stuff and um it was a it that was so interesting that that year working in car industry because I worked in like the VW building and so they had the different brands there like Audi, Seat, um, VW and Skoda and I actually got to go to um Prague and see the actual assembly line of Skodas so it was really interesting and I think I learned a lot about cars but then things like stuff like the tread or the wear on your tires I was driving around with 
tires that were literally smooth like my friend's dad had yeah. to say to me what the hell are you doing driving around like this I was like whoa okay and you know changing a tire I don't know like I've had a puncture before and I was like um I, I don't know what to do like you know I, I think it's definitely I would feel more empowered learning these things for sure and the, the basic requirements of a car is obviously legally you need to get it MOT'd um, and it's good for the car to have its annual service um, and I encourage women to have an additional health check on the car um, and generally motorists um, because you can't you don't know what's going on with your car you're driving it and if you just drive for years without having a service you you know you're asking for um, a, you know a massive dip in your cash flow because you're going to go to a garage and this is, happens all the time every day in fact you know, somebody will come in with a serious problem and you ask them, when did you get your car serviced? Oh, I can't remember. Mm, you know? Yeah. And that's that's a perfect yeah. example. Okay, if you can't remember when you got your car serviced, um, now, when, when you know, with the way cars are advanced, normally it's not just what you see broken is going to be the the solution to fixing your car. There could be underlying problems, but if you've left it too long, then you're going to have multiple underlying yes. problems and it's going to cost you a lot more money. Um, and it's just educating people um, on, on simple things like this that would ha- allow them to have a better relationship with their garage and not get so frustrated and anxious um, and be able to you know what, what's going to break down unexpectedly you can't have any control of that because things can fail electrically parts can fail mechanically yeah. but if you can do anything possible to generally have those checks you're just more mindful or and intuitive with your car mm. um, and I've been in now the trade like I said more than 20 years I'm answering the same questions what I did when I was 15 I'm still asking the same questions um, and it's like the, the motorists haven't moved on. They're not taking their car seriously. Now cars are becoming electric. They're becoming more, um, you know, obviously there'd be less maintenance in other respects, but you still need to learn how to check your tires. You're still going to have wheels. They're not going to become electric. Um, although there's an element of electronics to them now, like making you aware that your tire pressures are low. But people still drive around with their TPMS light on, um, knowing that they've got possibly a slow puncher, or some people don't even know. Uh, I you mean, know? I so may have been one of them. Yeah, I know. And and also, for like for women, I think that a lot of the time it, it is uh, like if you're a mum, it is the mum driving kids around a lot more. You know, dads obviously do as well, but day to day. And if if it's like you're you're not checking your car safety, then your kids are in there as well. You know, it mm. is kind of it's so important. I've been I've been on the motorway before and my car was shuddering and my kids were in there and I was thinking oh, oh my god it was quite an old car and it was kind of getting to that point when I needed to change it and that experience really scared me and I kind of had to talk to myself like what the hell are you doing like get the car changed that was a catalyst for us actually buying another car very quickly after that but that's when I realized like you know it's just it's me and my kids as well in this and it needs to be safe it needs to be a decent car mm-hmm. Um, yeah and it doesn't matter how old your car is I mean we've uh, my car is nearly 20 years old 
you Is know, it? it's done 150,000 miles. Yeah. Um, and it still drives lovely. Um, but I have no fear because um, it's not because I own a garage. That's why my car should be fine. Anything could happen to my car, you know, even though it's being well maintained. Um, but that isn't, you know, it's just how it's maintained and me feeling confident yeah. about my car. Mm. Um, and and a lot of the time things can happen. Obviously, I'm in the trade, but even brand new cars have problems. And a lot of people now say, wish we went back to older cars because they're much more simpler. So not only has the vulnerability and anxiety still there to go to garages and your relationship with your cars, but more so now because cars now become so electric um, in terms of um, sensors and just advancing in terms of, you know, the luxuries you have in your car now um, that you couldn't even attempt to do anything on your own. But the basic maintenance on, on a car, everybody can do. What, um, yeah. What, what do you think about electric cars now? Like, do you think that that do you think that's the future? It will be at some stage. I think it's it's going to take a lot more longer. I personally feel, um, compa- you know, to what um, you know is being enforced. But the again, it's all about education uh, about why we know we need electric cars to environmentally friendly mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and emissions. But also it's um, it's understanding how to use an electric car. Um, for example, diesel vehicles were seen as the best thing since sliced bread. But actually, people weren't educated on how to maintain a diesel car. Um, so diesel cars are designed to be driven for tens and thousands of miles, yeah. not for a mum taking the kids to school mm-hmm. or you doing your little drops because that has a, uh, that has an impact on the fuel system hence then you'll start having problems running problems starting problems and so when people come to me now oh this has happened blah 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 I said because you don't use your car enough you use the car is not right for your usage so electric cars are perfect for your town driving um, but you have to factor in that the car may need to be charged in the course of your travels if you're doing a long distance travel, long distance traveling, and you've got to factor that in. So, providing people understand how to use an electric car and is it beneficial for their driving style, then it's fine. But um, there's nothing wrong with them. But I, I would recommend um, people to wait for the second generation of electric cars um, before they just go and straight and invest in an electric car straight away. Yeah. Yeah. And like, you know how people say things like, oh, this is a really good car for a woman to drive. Do you <laughs> like, is there any truth in that? Do you think there are certain cars which is like, oh, these are better for women? And why are people even saying that? Is it like a mom thing? I don't know. I think, again, it's just that, oh, you know, like, let's just have a nice little car for a little run around. I mean, I sell little cars all the time and, and they are and they do attract women. They do attract young girls. And maybe because I'm a woman and I'm attracting, you know, what I'm, you know, what, what I'm pitching, basically. Yeah. Um, but I, that's just nonsense. I know women that drive vans and lorries. We all know that. Mm. Um, I think it's just how um, we're being limited. 
Yes. That is great. This is a great car for a woman. But, you know, any car is a great car for anyone. It's just what you choose to want to drive. Yeah. So, it, so yeah. So, but I know what... <laughs> I know what you're saying because I think when I first learned to drive, my dad, I had a really old car. It was like a Rover Metro. And my dad's like, this is perfect for her. It's nice and small yeah. because we women are seen as small. But hold on, we might be small, but we're, you know, strong as mountains. So, but it's again, it's experience. Isn't it? So when you learn to drive, you start off with something small. But I've known girls to drive um learn their um driving through big estate cars that's what they get comfortable with so again what I said at the beginning it all depends on the the support and the mindset of the people around you to break that Mm. but yeah no there's no such thing that only women can drive I think it's just how far do you want to go into there are women that would like to drive specific cars and there might be small, there might be SUVs, there might be four by fours. Um, but I think that just depends on on that per- driver's mindset. And, and it's what you get used to as well. Like my mum, she was driving, you know, those little Mercedes, uh, A-class, A-class, yeah. yeah. And for years and she kept getting the same one. And she was like, oh, no, no, I need it because I need to be high up. And I, I she is quite um small she's five foot three but then she was like and, and parking how am I going to park a, a big car it's going to be like a plane and really the fear of it do you know what I mean just so fearful of oh I have to stick to this same car I'm like mom there are other cars you're going to be okay I would have been like that myself to be honest Randy, because I would have when I unless I worked in that car industry for a year where we had to drive different cars different company cars I drove estates I was say like 21 right so I drove like tiny little cars estates different cars like really like expensive ones which I was like I don't know what I'm doing in here but it made me confident to actually um be able to park different kind of cars and drive them so I think it's it's just that isn't it just getting used to things yeah and I think to go one layer one one step deeper you not only are you developing your confidence driving other cars you're actually upskilling yourself you're expanding your mind. You don't know what part of your mind you're stimulating. It's, you know, you're doing, you know, from, I have no problems with technology advancing the way it is, but as much as it's making our life comfortable, it's actually dehumanizing us as well. So I don't have parking sensors on my car. I don't want them on my car um, because I feel that, you know I'm, I'm there's a part of my brain that I'm using my coordination yeah in parking car my judgment my eyesight judgment my hearing you know judgment um and and the same with when I'm you know when you're driving on the motorway you need to be able to understand you know now you've got these sensors that tell you you're too close to the car well you should know you're too close yes. to the car you know and I understand why they've done it because there's people that have no concept of space but and to prevent um, injury and accidents. But it just, it's nice that technology is replacing that, but it's kind of sad that why don't we know that anyway? Why have we, you know, snubbed that part of the human side of us? Um, but I, even I, still, the yeah. senses are there and you think, you know, you think, okay, well, you know, you know, you just think, well, that's, but but it makes you mindful the the thing is I was going to say that with sat navs I feel like that with sat navs a lot like yeah yeah before before we left 
for a journey before sat navs it was like we'd look where do we need to go yeah. what junctions do we need to get off at where is this place now we get in the car i want to go here right no clue yeah. where we're going <laughs> oh my god the sat nav told me to do this it told me to like you know jump off a bridge so that's what i've got to do the sat nav told me to do it's like the sat nav's telling you to go down a dead end mate what are you doing you know it, come on have some kind of awareness and i i feel like that myself like i need to remind myself have a clue rena where you're going and you need to be able to have a rough idea of what you're supposed to be doing don't just rely blindly on a sat nav like obviously i love it but i don't want to dumb myself down which i find that a lot of people easy. are doing it's just easy and i think that's what it is it's just the ease um of what technology can do for you but um people come to my garage and they never end up at my garage they always end up at the road behind the garage right. and you know and you think well i this is the road i'm on i'm on lancaster road yeah. but the sat nav takes them behind my garage uh, but that just that's a clear example yes. of you haven't actually i'm not saying you should go and now spend 2 hours studying every journey that you <laughs> you're going to take yeah. but you need to have a good understanding of what you know go on to google maps okay we have that and you can sort of do a bird's eye view of you know where everything is you know so that's taken away looking at a map doing your coordinations like you learn at school like mm. ad and b and like you know yeah. you could meet you meet the map in the corner you'd go and find a street name and it would give you coordinate coordinations wouldn't mm-hmm, it mm-hmm. um and that was actually quite fun and now you just put in a postcode and it tells you where it is but this is a lot that this actually um does affect your judgment when you're driving so you need to know what especially on a long journey is actually you know what kind of roads am i taking um and because that will prepare you for your journey and just make you mindful of what you're expecting so it, it's interesting to know that when you just put in the postcode you're prepared to take the risk of whatever the sat nav is going to take you and hope that it's going to take you to the right place yeah yeah and i mean this is uh, this is reminding me to do this actually because i'm going to I am going to drive to Wales soon and I feel like I need to do this before I go not just oh sat nav telling me to go that I need to kind of have an understanding these are the motorways these are the roads so I I'm going to do that for sure. Yeah, understand like where the service stations are just yes. plan your journey. So driving should be fun. It should be a good experience. All right, you don't know what's going to happen on the road. You don't know if someone's going to have a car accident. You don't know if you're going to face traffic. But all these things, I mean, uh, injuries and accidents can happen at any time. You know, it could happen six o'clock in the morning. Could, But planning your journey is so important. And that's one of the things you also learn on the car first aid course is yep. how to plan journey. So where can people find out a bit more about you, the pink garage, the kind of things that you're offering? Just give yourself a little plug. Um, on Instagram, um, um, you know, I'm trying to plug as much as I can to give um as much um nuggets of information so is um, it at, is the handle at uh the pink garage yeah so it's the the pink garage.co the pink garage.co.uk mm-hmm. is the website okay cool um but on my instagram is at pink garage company um and there's a link in there um to if anybody wants to book on the car first aid course um yeah and coming soon obviously fear is a big thing with cars so i'm taking you know changing fear into fun and confidence um on you know by doing different mindset 
sessions with people. I mean, I have I have um, men customers come in and they'll say to me, can you help my wife get on back on the road? She's really scared of driving. So let alone come into a garage, she's scared of driving. Um, and I've done that in the past. I have helped. I have helped women or people that I know that were anxious about getting on the road. Yeah. Well, I think what you're doing is absolutely awesome. Um, and just want to say thank you for coming on the podcast. It's been lovely talking to you. Thank you for having me. And it's interesting what questions you've asked <laughs> and what you've said. Um, give me some food for thought to help more people. Oh, that's good. And thank you for listening as well. Uh, please do follow The Pink Garage. Um, I'm definitely going to sign myself up because I, I need some uh, to know a bit more about Car First Aid. But follow me as well at Sisterhood on Mummy Imperfect on Instagram or at Rena D. Annabelle. And there's a Mummy Imperfect Facebook page as well. Until next time, take care. Bye.